Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. Today's guest is my buddy Mike Campbell, an adorable Kiwi with a big heart, a huge brain. This dude knows his stuff. He is a men's coach on the Gold Coast of Australia. He and a few friends are starting a gigantic symposium called Manifest, talking all about men's issues. That's going to be in Sydney in November. In this episode, we dive deep into all kinds of different topics related to shame, trust. We talk about self-acceptance. We talk about why men do the things that they do and how women can support our transformation. We talk about obstacles. We talk about integrity and changing your identity. We talk about dedication and discipline and how those are the secrets to transformation. It's a really powerful kind of meandering episode. Mike is one of the just one of the best dudes that I know. He is very insightful and he does a lot of really profound and powerful work with men specifically. And there's a lot of gems in here, a lot of good stuff in here, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, Mike Campbell. Yeah, so I'll just start recording, man. So we were talking about common questions that arise, and you said, how do I get my man to change is one. What was, mm. what was the other one? How? Is often one, and then it's something around why. Like, why does he do this? Or like, oh, man, that's that's my man, or that's my ex. Why do men act that way? There's, there's that kind of how and why, which is general curiosity, which is great to hear. Yeah, I think it's also um, frustration manifested as curiosity, right? <laughs> like, why does he do oh, yeah. that thing? I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah, especially when it's um, past tense, like, you know, my ex. So he, and you, you might have maybe had this as well, like, oh, I wish I could get my ex to read your stuff. Like, you know, I w-. and that's that frustration where it's like, yeah, but you know what? That's something you can't control and you kind of need to let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> and there is different men out there for you, but stop looking backwards. I remember we did that event last month in, um, in the Gold Coast in Australia and we took questions afterwards and one lady I think said something along those lines of how do I help my man to change or whatever and you said very succinctly, well, you can't and, or you, you might not be able to, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, of course, language is so important, right? It's like, how do I get him to change? How do I help him to change? Like, how do I potentially, you know, lead him to change? Well, you can't do any of the above. You can certainly help, but it's probably going to look different to what you may think it might. Yeah. And then even stepping back, it's like, why do you want him to change? Why do you need him to change? How much mm-hmm. of that desire is actually your own triggers and your own shit? manifesting his frustration with what he's doing and saying and being oh yeah there's a let's step in the can that the can wins absolutely right and, and i think you know as we know when it comes to a relationship is my shit your shit and then our shit and um i think for most people that's a challenge to to be able to see and navigate and and not maybe get things entangled and confused mm. well so that's a that's a really brilliant introduction to this podcast episode. Mike <laughs> Campbell, welcome to the podcast. 
<laughs> Thanks for having me, brother. Man, I just adore you. I'm so excited to talk to you. This has been a long time coming. Yeah, I know. Fucking hell, right? <laughs> That's my bad. It, it genuinely <laughs> is my bad. Of course um, not. But you are, uh, for those that don't know you, how would you describe yourself and the work that you do? How would I describe myself? I'd like to describe myself as a low-level Batman. <laughs> I nearly spit my tea out just then. Yeah, I know. I was, like, I was pausing there. No one can, through, through their podcast, can see <laughs> that Gia nearly, nearly spit his tea out. Um, yeah, you know, not full-fledged. Like, I mean, I'm not a vigilante and I'm not that hardcore. Um, but, you know, if I knock something off the table, I can catch it before it hits the ground. That's pretty common. That's pretty low-level. You know what I can do that I often... I don't necessarily boast about this enough, but I, I can say my phone number with my eyes closed. <laughs> Skills. Yeah. Yeah. But you, okay. So you're a low level vigilante, but you are a, a men's worker. Yes. So, okay. So beyond being a low level Batman, how do I describe myself? I describe myself as a, as a normal dude who's super curious about the world around me. Um, I know I have a big heart and an incredibly curious mind and I kind of step into my world every day with those things front and center. Um, that's, you know, in my, in my marriage, um, in my family and my friendships. Um, I love exploring the world around me and, and humans, including myself very much. And where that comes to play on a, I suppose, quote unquote professional level is yeah. I work as a men's coach. And I help men who are maybe starting to, to peak that curiosity. You know, they might have been cruising and floating along a little bit, starting to realize, I think there's something more there for me, but they don't really know how to access it. And so to be blunt, I help men turn and face the shit that they've probably avoided, face it, overcome it, and actually start moving through it to get what they want in their career and their relationships and their lives essentially without all the guilt and hang-ups that we tend to have that kind of gets in the way of everything or as i tend to say cock blocks everything mm. there's yeah. there's so much to unpack there <laughs> so so men have shit and we avoid our shit and we feel shame about our shit and feel shame about avoiding our shit but we want mm. to oh. fix our shit and be brave and be great partners and be good employees and good humans and sons, etc. But we don't necessarily know how to do that. Yeah. I think there's many things that, I mean, okay, first of all, you know, like we're all humans, right? <laughs> so every one of us is this like collection of foibles and strengths and weird, you know, wounded, like strange behaviors and all sorts of shit and flaws is the simple way of putting it. Um, so we all have that stuff going on. And so I think to be, you know, like a truly effective and brave, like leaning in courageous adult, most of that stuff we never learned, mm. you know, like how to communicate effectively and how to navigate, you know, like a, a, a breakup or, you know, a, a, when your relationship is truly challenging and you have a boss that is all over you. You know, we don't learn those things. Mm. Um, and I think for, uh, for, for a lot of men, certainly this is what I see in my experience and the work that I do. Um, what, what kind of 
starts as a, as a real block to that is we don't really learn how to communicate and understand our emotions, process them and communicate them that well. Uh, we kind of get taught that, you know, everything is a nail and we are a hammer. And so we come into this spot in our lives where perhaps we, you know, open our eyes a little bit and say, holy shit, I've been running on this, like maybe one single track that hasn't really been serving me in some ways, in other ways that probably really, really, you know, smashing it, but there's a lot of disconnect. And I've been running on, on kind of an autopilot of a system that maybe isn't necessarily mine. And so there's just all these little disconnects that I think we need to, um, we get to, if we, if we choose, explore. Mm. Yeah, I have to. And essentially to understand ourselves a bit better, I think. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think it relates to this, this common theme where I get messages online or working with clients, and you'd be familiar with this too. And it's expressed as a general frustration or ambivalence or apathy that something's not working and life could be better, but I don't really know what it is or mm. what I'm even moving towards. So I don't know how to start. So I've just been stagnant for a decade or my whole life or the, our relationship is stuck. Right. Yeah. So how do you help? And as you said before, you know, often, you know, like, we don't, we don't face our shame and then we feel shame for, for experiencing that. And it's a similar thing here. Like we have these awarenesses and then again, like I'm going to genderize a little bit because it's, it's kind of where I play. Like for a lot of men, you know, we see that we, we learn that we have to be able to do everything ourselves. You should have the answers to everything. And of course, you know, different versions of that platform in these days, like you've got to be independent. And, but when you realize something and then there's this thought that comes in immediately, I should have the answers to all of this myself. It just piles a whole ton of shit on top of that first realization. It just gets so hard to, to get through, right? And then you throw in things like, well, you should be living your passion or something. You know, yeah. It's like, but hold on, what? <laughs> I, you know, all of a sudden, the confusion just um, intensifies, right? And, and that's why we get those questions. Mm. And I think, one, totally normal. You know, like, give yourself a break super normal. You know, I actually had a message with a friend of mine and I said, Hey, last night I said, Hey, doing man. And he said, you know, da, 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 da. and but still, you know, still trying to figure out what to do with my life. You know, I'm 33, still haven't figured it out yet. And I was like, okay, yeah, I hear you, man. But like, that's most people like, just go easy on yourself. Don't just stop caring about it, but also beating yourself up about it is not going to get you there. Yeah. Yeah, the shame doesn't necessarily change the present experience, does it? Yeah. Like you don't just... Suddenly... So how we explore that stuff. Yeah, you yeah. don't just like shame yourself into pop, <laughs> popping down to the supermarket and picking up some purpose, you know? It's not like a, a single <laughs> task. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and that's where, you know, like in terms of motivators, and, and you know, this is something that you're clearly very skilled at, you know, we can have those pain and fear-based motivators or we can have those kind of pleasure and purpose-based motivators. And the pain ones can be incredibly powerful um, and, and they can get us going, but they generally don't take us anywhere um, effective and long-term that we really uh, desire and that is super effective for us. But if it's the thing that starts us thinking about it, then we may need, you know, support or some other tools to help us move through that, um, that cycle of, you know, self beat up mode basically. Yeah. I, 
I've read some stuff as well around this idea that men sometimes really need to hit rock bottom or to learn <laughs> or to learn the hard way mm. or to completely be destroyed and devastated before we decide to open up to new opportunities or assistance. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I see that all the time. And, and, and the thing is, rock bottom looks very different for many different people, right? It's all relative. Mm. Um, but because, you know, like, I'll, I'll, for example, I'll hear from some guys and they'll be saying the situation, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I, I'm looking at many things, one of them being we're having this conversation, which is great. Um, but perhaps objectively, it's like, okay, this isn't the worst thing in the world, but it, it's clearly important for this guy right now. And then they might say that this is my rock bottom. So, like, ah, right. And it's a little reminder that, yeah, oftentimes we have to hit that. And that's actually one of my kind of consistent reminders to do is that you don't have to hit rock bottom to do something, but we're very reactive in life in, in general. And I think a lot of that plays to the little boy in us who hasn't potentially um, matured very well. And what does a little boy do when you tell him off or something doesn't go bad? He reacts. And that might be outwardly like, fuck you and kicks and throws the toys over or like inwardly and really withdraws and goes and hides in the corner or in his room or something. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there might be an opportunity in front of us and nope, that would be the proactive thing mm. where, you know, if you have this, if you have this um, operating system that essentially says, you know, you, you, you have to do it all and, and you have to be able to cover it all and, and, and you can do it, you know, but not you can do it from a place of love. You can do it from a place of you have to be able to do this all yourself. Then I think there's this thing that just keeps us going. No, 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 no. I can't ask for help. I need to do it all myself. No, 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 I can't. To the point where suddenly there's some form of rock bottom. Oh, I am faced with my own humility right now. Mm. I can't do all of this. Yeah, I have I think to then go beyond what is currently in my, you know. Yeah, I think you've raised it. Or whatever an important idea, which is that our, our sort of reactivity is based upon the beliefs that we have in our brains, right? And so, mm -hmm. if you, for example, believe that asking for help is a bad thing. If you mm -hmm. believe that asking for help means that you are not a good man, that you are not a good human, that you have failed, mm -hmm. that's just a story that will then keep oh, yeah. you in suffering, right? Versus if so you suffering. choose a different belief and beliefs are choices, if you choose to believe that asking for help means that I am brave, if you choose to believe that sharing weakness is a sign of strength, if you choose to believe that requesting support means that I am loved and I'll live easier and more effectively, then you're probably going to reach out more often. Yeah. And also I'll throw another one in there, which I think speaks to the masculine a lot. It's smart. It's intelligent. Yeah. Like it's I've never understood why, like I've never understood why this this like stigmatism of men like never like asking for help or for directions. It just seems yeah, yeah. so it seems so <laughs> dumb to me of like Yes, of course. But now that you stay, see it. Like why stay lost longer than you need to stay lost? Like I was in the supermarket this morning. Oh gee, don't just gloss over that comment. That is like <laughs> like I was in this, hang on, I was in the store this morning and I couldn't find something on the shelf. And I walked down one shelf and I was like, oh, I heard the little voice in my brain. Oh, just go down the next one and the next one. And I was like, fuck that. There's somebody here that knows where that thing is. And I asked them, yes. took me directly there. And I grabbed <laughs> the thing and it seems smart. <laughs> I was like, why don't I do this in every aspect of my life? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's a really good question, that last one, because if you asked everything, if, if you asked everyone for everything, then potentially you have no self-reliance, no resilience, right, and no initiative. And so because a lot of men, the masculine is very black and white, so so we, we struggle with the nuance a lot in there. And so often if it's not one, we think it's the other end of the extreme, and of course it's not, right? But But that's the... That's the area we get to play in to explore and experiment, right? And so I think I'm exactly the same, you know, the, the, the cliche of me asking for directions and stuff. It's like, well, I ask for directions all the time if I don't know because it's the shortest way to get to where I want to go. Right. Like, logic. And, of course, the masculine is very logic-based. But what gets in the way of that, of course, as you said, is, is some of those stories, right, that if I ask for help, it means I can't do it myself. And... Uh, Sorry, not sorry to tell you, bro. If you can't do it yourself, then telling yourself you can do it is not going to make you know how to do it. Just sit your ass down and get some goddamn help, right? So there's this difference between, and of course, that's humility. And we seem to think humility is basically just beating yourself up and belittling yourself, and it's not. <laughs> humility is knowing your your ceiling, your capabilities, um, and being able to enroll the help to play above them, essentially. And even if it's in a, a small moment, like you're right there. I'm in this supermarket. I could spend the next 10 minutes walking down these aisles. So, oh, I could ask that person. Who right. And it's like, what's the where things are exactly. And, and there's the saying, I think um, the quote from, I think it was um, Lincoln. Is it maybe if you give me six hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend the four, the first four sharpening the ax. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, it, 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 that's playing out right there. Even if that person wasn't standing right there, it's like, where can I find the person mm-hmm. that is going to make this process a hell of a lot smoother, right? I can invest the next 30 seconds finding them as opposed to the next three minutes wandering the supermarket. Totally. And I started sort of daydreaming in the aisle a little bit of, you know, a bigger example of that might be, how do I be a better boyfriend? How do I be better in bed or in business or be mm. braver or fitter or more honest? But when I think of those examples, it, it feels a little bit like, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's not as easy, yeah. in my head at least, as asking for where the, the fruit is. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think, um, so correct. But also, I'm a big believer in, in seeing the lessons in those little things, those seemingly insignificant things, because they generally tell us um, something else. And they guide us to something deeper. Mm. And and the things potentially getting in the way of, of, of asking for help in those other areas are, again, our stories and fears and insecurities, right? Uh, and so a friend and client of mine, you know, he, he, he's formed this question that he asked himself, which is, what would I do right now if I wasn't afraid? Fairly simple question. Mm. Potentially like confronting answers. But it gives you information that you can presented with oh okay and then you can explore perhaps the perhaps what's what's in the way of that right which is fear but to actually detail it i think this is the thing that a lot of people um don't do is they don't detail what the fear is you know we we kind of often have this worst i kind of kind of i call it like a the gray cloud of worst case scenario it's like this dark gray cloud that just follows us around when we just go to the surface of worst case scenario of what if it's vague it's just like shitty weather following us around but if we stop and we turn around and we face it and we detail it 
all of a sudden we know what we're dealing with. Oh, it's that and that and that. Okay, cool. All right. So how can I, you know, now look at these things, hmm. but when it's vague, it holds this weird power over us. When I turn and shine the light on it in the detail, it's like, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with. Right. And I can confront those things, whatever the, the next action may be. Um, so asking for help around yeah, how to communicate more effectively in my relationship or whatever the things are, I think humility to me says, do I have the answers? No. Okay. Am I okay with that? <laughs> that's the first thing probably. And then oh, I would, maybe that sucks. Okay. Would I like to have those answers? Yes. Where can I find those answers? Is it on Wikipedia? Is it with another human? Like, where can I find them? And again, when we, when we actually step this stuff back a little bit, we get to be logical about it on some level and things actually become easier to do. Yeah. And so what I hear you describing is to getting really clear on what the worst case scenario is and actually letting yourself yeah. go there, turning to face it and mm. recognizing that there is ways to deal with that. Yeah, so let's go an example, right? So say say it is um, in a relationship, fairly common kind of thing that I hear, and, and certainly if there's um, women listening, that might be the kind of thing that that um, equates to a lot of the the stuff we're talking about with men. Uh, yeah, so my f- partner says that I'm um, kind of closed off, or I don't communicate well, I hold things to myself. Cool. Have you thought about, you know, sharing some of the fears or, or whatever with her? It terrifies me. Okay. What about it terrifies you? What if she thinks I'm weak? Cool. What else? What if she doesn't love me anymore? She, she sees that I'm not the man who she thought she, uh, I was. Okay. Anything else? Um, I don't know. There's this level of admitting that I don't have the answers. Okay. Anything else? Oh, that feels like it. Okay, cool. So then, so, so now we have some information, right? So let's look at those. Do, do you think that that will be true? That she won't love you anymore? Uh, I don't know. Well, how can you find out? Have a fucking conversation. You know, like all of a sudden we get the information and then this is the most important part for me. If we are going to turn and detail the worst case scenario stuff, you have to also entertain the best case scenario. You don't get to just wallow in that worst case shit. You have to also entertain the best case. And so in this situation, it could be any number of things. And of course, we don't know what they will be, just like we don't know what the worst case will be. But we get to, um, you know, come up with some hypotheticals. And the other thing is, most of the time, the worst case scenario never happens. Nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. And if we start like, you know, almost like a muscle practicing that it's like, Oh, I did the thing. The worst case scenario didn't happen. Possibly closer to the best case scenario, you know, evidence, here's some evidence for next time. Mm. Um, and stepping into the things I think becomes a bit easier whilst we perhaps don't have that element of self-trust. Cause this is what I see as, as the big gap for a lot of people is like trusting in self that regardless of what happens, I'll be okay. Mm. But the more we do it, the more we build the self-trust. So last time the world didn't end. In fact, it went quite well, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, cool. Mm. 
Yeah, it's just this idea of looking for evidence for the thing that you want to prove yourself right as. Right? I mean, so, so what I mean is if you're focusing on yeah. the worst case scenario and you accept that there are an infinite number of possible scenarios, even let's quantify it as a million, you know, or a thousand. Say there's a thousand possibilities from you sharing that you are fearful with your partner, right? One out of a thousand is going to be the worst case scenario. Like the odds of that happening are very slim. Whereas mm. the odds of it not being the worst case scenario is 999 out of a thousand, it will be better than what you're dwelling on day after day after day. Mm. Mm. So you're spending all of your time and energy freaking out over this worst case scenario which has a one in a thousand chance of, one in an infinite amount of chance of happening. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and you go back to this like logical, rational, reasonable mind that we men are so proud of. It's like, that's just inefficient. That's, that's just, yeah. why are you doing that? Right? Yeah, exactly. And so for yeah. me, it's been a process of catching mm. myself in those cycles quicker and quicker and quicker and telling myself, hang on, this is, this is not even true. Like, what's, a, what's another mm. option? What's another perspective? What's the best case scenario? It's equally mm. possible that you share that vulnerable truth with your partner and you feel very connected and then you decide to go out to dinner and you have the best meal of your life and maybe you have the best sex of your life. Like, that's also possible. Mm. Yeah, so I have a real example of that just this week, a client of mine. Mm. Um, he was having some real um challenges there's just a lot of anxiety around some stuff in his relationship they're getting married early next year you know he's he's struggling to to provide right he he he's in a transition in business and it's bringing up a lot of shit for him around being able to provide and look after obviously with marriage and a lifetime kind of commitment thing coming up and he said you know uh, uh, there's this thing that i kind of want to i feel like i need to communicate to my partner around um my insecurities and her potentially thinking that i can't provide and maybe you know not wanting to marry me and so my role there was um to invite him to have the conversation mm -hmm. and you know there's there's details in that and sometimes that looks different to others sometimes it's like dude Pull on your fucking hard pants and go and have the conversation, right? Sometimes it's loving challenge like that. Sometimes it's different. Anyway, what did he do? He went and had a conversation with her. And he said, I'm not entirely confident about having this conversation, but I know I need to share it with you. Can you support me? Right? This is a script I gave him. <laughs> she loves him. She's going to get married to him. So what does she say? Yes, of course. So that's the first hurdle, right? <laughs> the first hurdle, remember, they're not a prisoner. Um, and then her heart opened to him. And she was able to connect and share some of perhaps her own, you know, fears and, and feelings around their upcoming marriage and so on. So they were connected. He felt so much lighter for having got that stuff off instead of just holding on to it and holding on to it and let it build and build and build. And they can actually now have open dialogue around the thing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean he has all the answers to the thing in the first place, 
but at least he has an ally, which of course he always had. He was just in that moment choosing, choosing not to see that. Mm. Yeah. It's like our own shame turns allies into enemies in a way, right? Of like, yeah. Oh no, I can't share that. She'll, she'll push back. She'll push me away. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, as you kind of said before, like the one in a thousand thing, I, I'm not sure if this thought is fully formed yet, but <laughs> If I choose not to do it in case it happens, then I'm only kidding myself. Like if that's the thing that is going to happen, why am I delaying it mm-hmm. and keeping it to myself? Do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to keep a secret from you that this worst thing is going to happen. Like if the thing is going to happen, then maybe it's because it needs to happen as well. And again, for me, this comes back to that self-trust. Like you'll be okay. Mm. It might hurt whatever it is, I don't know. It might feel like shit. But avoiding something and living, knowing that it's just there, is that a way to live versus entering into the thing and going, regardless of what happens, you will be okay. Mm -hmm. It's like anything anything that you are avoiding, you are giving your power to. Anything that you are avoiding is taking your power. Just, just that in itself annoys the hell out of me, right? And so it's that. And, and oftentimes we can do this for days or weeks or years or decades, living in this fearful narrative that then suddenly you confront and it's like, oh, that, was, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. That actually, that actually worked out really well. Holy yeah. shit. Why? And we've all been there. Why didn't I do this so long ago? Why did I, why did I run from this? Yeah, and maybe because I needed to get to rock bottom until I got a hit in the face. Totally. And so the other thing that came up for me that I did want to mention, because I think it's important, is that when we share our weaknesses and our fears with our partner, it is one of the most powerful things you can do because it builds trust. And like, Mm -hmm. For a woman and for men, but just in my experience, mm-hmm. when I share something that I'm really scared to share to a person that I am dating, they love it. Like women <laughs> love when men open up and express yes. that fear because they yes. can feel it. Like they know what's happening, but then to hear mm. it communicated, it just, it just is another level of trust and it builds that respect and that understanding. Mm that then further yeah. strengthens the relationship. Absolutely. And I, I think a couple of things. So one thing comes up for me there is like, it, it may not, which is a really clear sign that that person probably isn't for you. That's true. Right? Like if, if, you, if you choose to show up and say, hey, this is me, and someone's like, whoa, that's not, they're essentially saying that's not for me. Or right? if that person shames your truth, that's also exactly. a, a giant yeah. red flag waving in the wind. If you yeah, and, and say, I'm really vulnerable right now. This is hard for me to say, but you know, I have fear that I'm not going to be able, be able to provide for us. And they're like, you fucking loser. Like, that's not a, that's not a good match. No, that's a dick move. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's a, it's a signal. And again, so, so if we avoid it coming back to the, the previous point, right. Uh, in case that happens, then we're just delaying it. Right. It's just sweeping into the rug going, just forget that that's there. Just forget that that's there. Just don't look at it. Just don't, just don't look at it. Just put that thing behind the coat rack and just pretend like it's not there. Like whoop, you're going to trip on that at some point. Um, 
<laughs> and the other thing is, you know, as you said, like if you share the thing and, and, and it's certainly, you know, in that dynamic of, of man to woman, it develops trust. But um, I'll also broaden that to say the masculine and feminine. Um, it develops trust regardless of the, the um, actual person. And for the men out there, it develops trust in yourself because that's also your masculine and your feminine communicating. Mm. And that is the most important thing. So un- you, unpack that a bit more, Mike. Yeah. So, well, okay. Well, each of us has, you know, the masculine and feminine in us. My experience is a lot of, most men are more predominantly by nature masculine. We all have feminine. That's a big chunk. We've learned kind of almost solely masculine traits to the point that it takes over and we end up executing on them not effectively a lot of the time. And we're kind of shamed the feminine. And I'm just going to really loosely throw some terms out. Like that's our emotive and creative and kind of receiving and, and, and surrendering and softer side. Um, you can't shame a part of you and hope to like be an effective human. Mm. So, so that doesn't work. Um, and that also applies to the masculine, right? Because the masculine is very much around like taking action strength, dependability, competitiveness, if we shame that in ourselves and that doesn't get us anywhere either. So in order for me to feel, because I've mentioned the term self-trust a few times, right? And this is one of the big things that I find for most men that I work with is is this real lack of self-trust. When at the base of a big belief story, like you said before, around beliefs that, you know, perhaps I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy of love or I don't deserve to be happy, all the stuff, we go and seek that from others. How, let me know that I'm important and I'm worthy all that kind of stuff. And so that comes down to self-acceptance. And for me, the big link there is self-trust. If I can't trust myself to be open and vulnerable and emote and play in my flowing creative side, then there's a gap there. In the same sense, if I can't trust my masculine to be solid, dependable, calm to provide to know that i've got this covered then the feminine in me won't show up i I won't allow myself to go to that softer more emotive place and so i see a lot of men struggling to connect to these two aspects of ourselves because we're kind of disconnected from them but there's this lack of internal trust Hmm. that i can let go and surrender because my masculine is solid you got this I've got you, right? And that's that kind of internal um, dynamic. This is also like a huge ass subject, which, you know, does take some exploration. Um, And so the reason I bring it up and, and hopefully we can do it a little bit of justice is because I feel like, you know, as you said, that, that, that trust that will be developed there is huge, but we can't look past the the need for and the importance of trust within ourselves. Hmm. And how do you suggest that you build that self-trust? Yeah. So I think so many ways. And again, you know, it depends on all the contexts and examples and, and situations that we get into. But in essence, start doing the things that you keep telling yourself you can't do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like show yourself evidence. And, and you kind of said it before. Whatever the stories are that we have playing out, we will look through our lives for evidence to prove that right. Mm -hmm. 
if I t keep telling myself that I'm no good and I don't get anything done, I will set way too high expectations. I'll set myself to not get them done, set myself up to not get them done. And then that will be evidence. See, you can't get things done. You're useless. You procrastinate. And it's a self-perpetuating cycle of like circle jerk masturbation with myself. It's fucking not getting me anywhere. It's only proving my point. Whereas if I say, okay, I can get shit done. And today I'm going to do this one thing. Hmm. Do the thing. Oh, there's some evidence. And dependability. So this is coming back to the masculine, but commitment, dependability, and, and groundedness are very masculine traits. So, for, for a dude, and I'm going to say her, and by her I mean the feminine, and, and anyone, if you're you know in a, in a gay relationship or whatever it may be, for someone, for the feminine and someone to trust you, they need to know that you trust yourself. Hmm. So show yourself that you can be dependable. So that means here's a commitment. I commit to this thing. I follow through on it. Huh. I did that thing. This is completely absent to what other people may be viewing right now. This is purely the relationship with yourself. I need to do that thing. Have that hard conversation with my partner. It's fucking terrifying. Okay. What can I commit to? Whatever the commitment is, make the commitment. What do I need to do? What's it going to ask of me? What, what does it actually require of me? It requires me to set an appointment. Hey babe, we need to talk later. And then locate my testicles and have the fucking conversation and then reflect on it. What happened? I did the thing. Fucking great work. Did the world, world end? No. Huh? I can do tough things. And so you're showing yourself that you can do the thing as well as potentially tough things, but you're starting to build dependability. I can count on myself to do the things. Hmm. I love that. The, the two words that came up for me with that is, is identity and integrity. And so mm -hmm. I, I recall this, there's this song lyric by the Avit brothers, which is decide what to be and go be it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, who do you want to be? Who do you wish to become? If your dream life uh, was your normal life right now, who would you need to be in order to have that dream life? Right. And so mm -hmm. your identity, if you knew that you were brave, how would you act? If you knew that you were the most generous, kindest, loving person that you know, how would you act? And the more that you act and behave and do things that are in line with that version of yourself, the more that you actually become that identity. Mm. And the more that you do those things that are aligned with that identity, the more integrity that you have. And this is just a perpetually fulfilling cycle. Mm. Like that there's, I'm not convinced that there's a magic trick other than, you know, doing more uncomfortable things, being brave when you don't really feel like being brave and continuing to show up for yourself in the way that mm. you really deep down know that you need to be showing up for yourself. And yeah. like, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think those are two like crucial words. Um, and, you know, we'll perhaps talk about something that I'm involved in out here in Australia um, a little bit later on, but those are actually the two of the kind of central words in what we're talking about, identity and integrity. And it actually comes back to what we started this conversation with, you know, like, oh, can I ask for help? Mm. Well, the resistance to that, the story around it is actually attached to your identity. I'm the dude that 
can't ask for help. I can't, right? That will mean something such and such about me. So I'm, I'm attaching some potential meaning to my identity. How I see myself is a reflection of how I think the world sees me. And like, that's just a clusterfuck of all these untruths. <laughs> just make it harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Of course, if we tap into who am I and who do I want to be and what will that require of me? All of a sudden we start to take our, our, our perceived notions of what other people think and we just focus on like what's important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, of course, we enter into the, the conversation of integrity. Um, but something I think that is potentially worth pointing out there is, because like that question of identity, essentially who are you, um, that's a question that I ask, have asked many, many men over the years. It's in fact the, the first So I have my coaching program as a group coaching program for me and we have 10 modules. It's the first module is called Who Am I? And at the end of that module, I mean the whole program, it's called the School of Personal Mastery. So this whole program is actually about that. But but at the end of the first module, they're going to write an I am statement. And it's two weeks. So I don't expect that to be the most phenomenal statement of all time, but it's a starting point, which they continue to build on, right? But it's a question that, challenges most guys that I've asked it to and often it's confronting as fuck and then I think about it and I'm like because I'm 37 but whatever your age is it doesn't matter you've been you for that entire time mm-hmm. you would think if there's anything in the world we would know it's the answer to that question but we don't yeah the other why, thing, don't, why don't we know that <laughs> yeah and just the other aspect of that no matter that no matter what you answer that is different than what it used to be and it is different to what it will be in the future. So you could say, I'm a mother, a wife, an accountant, an athlete, a swimmer, whatever. These are all just like costumes that we've chosen to wear for ourselves. Yeah, like a low-level Batman. <laughs> you brought it full circle. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, pretty sure like if I do this, I know, like you can see my Batman apron just over the over the corner there. No, but but it, it exactly right. And it and it and it's um it's ever changing of course it is but the for me the idea of asking that question is to see what's currently in the way like what have we placed in the way of like who you are at your core mm. uh, to how you're showing up in the world and this is often the beliefs and the and the stories we have you know um the 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 messages and conditioning and, and ideas that we've taken on from others <clears throat> and so if i'm to be in integrity well, actually, that's pretty hard when I'm still kind of living this, this, you know, masked version of myself. So if I want to get to the truth, that's what integrity re- requires, cutting mm. away all the, all the crap. And for me, that's where I talk about, you know, me and we need to face our shit. Well, the shit's all the stuff in, in the way. Mm. I think, too, there's an underappreciated truth in much of this stuff, which is if you have resistance to being a certain version of yourself, or if you have resistance Mm. to doing things, if you have resistance to becoming your dream version of yourself, whatever, like you are benefiting in some way from staying small Mm. and from avoiding all of these things that you're wanting to do. Like you're deriving some benefit from the resistance and the avoidance of it, right? And so for example, if you are very overweight, right? and you are avoiding getting super fit, you might use that as an as a excuse to avoid love. Like, oh, I'm unlovable. Mm. 
So telling yourself that you are unlovable in some ways benefits you at a subconscious level because you get attention, because people tell you, oh no, you're so lovable, whatever. And then you also avoid the possibility of doing your best, of trying your best, mm. putting yourself out there in the world mm. and not yes. being recognized or validated or savored, right? Yeah, and because and, uh, I was going to ask you to explore that because it's something that I, I see all the time, right? And, you know, there's a benefit to the story that you're telling yourself, whatever the story mm-hmm. is, right? And there's lots of stories. I'm no good with names. Mm-hmm. Or, I, 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 I can't, you know, I'm a bad public speaker. All the mm-hmm. way down to, like, I'm not good enough. And, and all that worthiness shit that sits at the base of most of this stuff. And then when you say to someone, what's the benefit of you t- telling yourself that story? It's like, uh, there's no benefit. And it's like, of course, logically, why the fuck would you tell yourself that story, right? But but it does require that level of exploration, right? Because there's some kind of benefit. And the thing for me that tends to sit at the base of a lot of these things is the benefit is I get to hide and I don't have to be seen because that's terrifying, mm-hmm. right? I don't that's have like to show public, up. Public speaking is a major fear of pretty much everybody for exactly that reason, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all of my shit can come out in one fell swoop, and heaps of people can see it at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so the benefit um, requires exploration, right? Because it's easy, and and this is where you know I think I see a lot of the men that I um, talk to and end up working with, they're stuck on the surface of their lives, and it comes out in the conversations they have, but also how they approach uh, challenges and problems. It's like, this thing's happening in my life. It sucks. It's not good. Uh, I want a different result. And so my approach to it is at the level of the problem. You know, so let's say it's, um, I'm not getting to the gym, right? I'm not, I'm not exercising. I need to change that. So the level of the problem says, okay, this week, I'm going to go to the gym four times. What happens? Don't go to the gym. Because the problem isn't at the level of the problem. It's looking at why you're not going to the gym. All the stories that are preventing that, all the shit that you have in the way, all the, mm-hmm. you maybe over commit and over promise the things in your life and you don't have any time. And there's, there's more depths that we need to go to. Uh, mm-hmm. But if we stay on the surface, we don't get there. And so the surface level approach to what's the benefit of that story mm-hmm. is, oh, of course there's no benefit. No, this is suck. The, the reality is the results are that these things suck. Yep, of course. But that's the surface level approach. We have to keep digging to get to what the real benefit is. And then it's that kind of like slap in the face and hopefully like real realization. Oh, that means I don't need to put myself out there or be seen or maybe if I succeed, people can knock me down or whatever it is. Um, But that's where the real juice is because that's the thing that we have to face. Yeah, and it goes back to what you mentioned earlier about self-trust, right? And I think this cliche that I've fought for so many years believing in, but how you do one thing is how you do anything, right? So if, for example, you tell yourself that you're going to go to the gym today or four times this week, and you do not do that, then what you are doing is that you are proving to yourself that you are not a person who does the things that they say they're going to do. Mm. You are proving to yourself that you are not to be trusted, right? And if you can't even get to the gym four times a week or make your bed in the morning or eat more broccoli today, whatever, then it's going to be very challenging for you to trust yourself at 
a quote unquote big things like mm-hmm. getting married, writing a book, launching a business, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It's all connected. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. And again, that's why, if, so if we stay at the surface, you know, we get stuck there, but we can pay attention to the service to allow us to, 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 to dig deeper and, you know, to, to kind of shine the light on where we can go. So what would be like three steps moving forward? If someone's listening right now and is like, okay, you guys just touched on 43 different topics, <laughs> all related to, you know, life and the pursuit of happiness. I get it. I, I'm ready to do some work. I'm, I want to be in integrity. I want to up level. Like where are th- what are like three things that you recommend? Mm. So many possibilities. Sorry to put I you think, on the spot. No, 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 no. And my nature is to be very considered. So this is why I like to put space in and, and consider because that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, where to start? I think, okay, I'll cut to the base of what I think needs to happen on some level is we have to get to the core stories and beliefs that we're telling ourselves, right? Those things and how you're identifying, they're going to help guide a lot of the rest because they're going to kind of get in the way of some of the other steps, you know, because if we say, okay, now now go and do this thing over here, but there's still a story preventing that from happening, then it's going to be hard to to do that. So um, this could be any number of things. It's potentially something to do with our worthiness right at the base of it. I don't deserve this. I'm unlovable. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of being happy. Whatever those big stories are, um, we need to get to those. So the second step would be if you don't know how to do that, go and find someone or something or some sort of facilitation that can help you do that be at a program or a group or, or something. Uh, we're going to get, it might be a, a counselor, a therapist, could be a coach, could be a friend who's just really good at asking questions and listening. Um, it could be pulling out a brand new shiny looking notebook and a pen and writing a bunch of shit down every day, starting to understand and know yourself a little bit more. Um, so for me, kind of at the base of that is understanding you and, and, and what's kind of, what's pulling the strings. Mm. Um, then as well so this will be step two step two yeah yeah Yeah. going on the fly here step two is (laughs) is what you said before essentially is start doing little things and showing yourself you can do those things it might be true for me for, for anyone but i see this really um just so much with men is that we mistake movement for momentum. Mm. Meaning we're doing stuff, we're spinning the wheels, we're not getting anywhere. It's just like indiscriminate action versus action that takes me forward, i.e. momentum. So spend some time like actually getting clear on what it is you want and want to do what it is you need to do. But before all of that, like one of the things I think is just a massive cock block for so many people is the expectations we set ourselves. 
and and I see it heaps in guys we a lot in guys and heaps is a word that um, doesn't really land for a lot of Americans. We we set these super high expectations because we feel like we should be able to do those things, but we can't. This is the humility thing we spoke about earlier. What happens is we don't reach them, and we get to perpetuate the story that ah oh, shit. Uh, uh, I, I'm not good. I, I can't do the things, and, and we just never get there. So, for a lot of people, it's an ego hit to like sit your ass down and lower your standard. You're not that good. You're okay with that. Show yourself you can do small little things consistently, and you will show yourself you can do small little things consistently, and you can build from that. So, regardless of what the things are, it might be your health. It might be in your relationship showing up. It might be something at work that you can do to, to be more effective or lead. Do the little things. Okay. Consistently. Build momentum. That's step two. That's step two. What's step three? Can I interject one possibility? Yeah. Uh, celebrate the little victories. Yeah. And recognize. So I would say to, to be. To be. Then do that shit. Celebrate the little victories. It's like, yeah, yeah, you did it. You you got on a treadmill for five minutes. Fuck yeah, you're a beast. Like you you meditated for four minutes today. Hell yeah, you're on your way. You're you're doing it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the point of lowering a standard. You know, is to achieve, acknowledge it with the intention to increase it as you achieve and acknowledge and achieve and acknowledge. And all of a sudden, the you know. The standard that we're setting for ourselves of excellence, which is based internally yeah. versus perfection, which is based on external judgment, allows us to progress and see the see the see the, the see the actual progress, see the little wins, acknowledge them and go, huh, I'm doing the things. Look at that. So step one, getting clear on your beliefs and how you see the world and how you see yourself. Step two, start taking little small daily dedicated actions towards being the highest version of yourself and to be was uh, celebrate that shit. Step three. Oh, yeah. Step three. I feel like I could go in many directions here. So the first one, getting clear on the stories. So I'm going to, so I'm going to circle back to that one and so say step, step three is return to step one. No, well, I'm going to expand. Oh, sorry. So step three is now in relation to starting to get clear on our stories is to investigate the fuck out of those. Where does this come from? Do I know this to be true? And because this doesn't just happen in an instance, that's kind of why I'm building this one out. And challenge them and start to recreate new stories and new beliefs and with that, new actions. Mm. Right, so, so let's say, you know, there's this belief that I don't feel like I'm good enough. So then we start to explore those and break them down. Where did I learn this? Where did this come from? Does this have someone else's voice attached to it? Was there an event, series of events, situations that allowed me to create the story? Do I know that to be true? Who did I place blame on in this? Can I forgive them for that? Can I forgive myself for having believed that thing in the first place? How can I move past it and create a new story based around those events and, 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 and where that uh, belief came from, what would a new story and belief look like? Potentially it's something like I am enough. Great. So that's, that's, that's the, the second part of that step. 
and then like anchoring and reinforcing the shit out of that belief all day, every day. Mm. And that links to step two as well, showing yourself that you can do the things that you are good enough that, and, and this is someone, I, I don't know where I bastardized this from, but if we want to build self-esteem, you have to do esteemable acts. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean climbing on Everest. It means doing the things that you said you would do, committing to things, taking action. You know, that's the, that's the step there essentially in step two. And, and so if I've got some belief that I'm not good enough and it's been running for 30 years, getting to the root of that belief, oh, there it is, and creating a new one doesn't mean that it just is now my new truth forever because there's this program that's running for, that has been running for a long time. So the next big step is starting to anchor that story, like telling myself it every day and then doing the things that prove it right. Mm-hmm. continually showing myself that evidence um, so that that story can become a new truth. Yeah. It's like those two wolves in your brain, right? Or those two stories in your brain. And the one that grows is the one that you feed. And so if you feed I just yourself, read that this morning, did you, I don't, oh, know who, I don't know who said that. I think it was on a different podcast I've done. I don't know, but it's that it's like, yes, you continue to feed yourself praise and support and encouragement and compliments, guess what? You're going to start feeling way better about who you Mm -hmm. are and what you're becoming. If you stay in this place where you're feeding the wolf, criticism and negativity and shame and guilt and all kinds of crap, guess what? You're going to grow that one and it's going to be Mm -hmm. much bigger and much harder to deal with. And I think it's important to highlight that this stuff is not necessarily super easy and it doesn't just like switch on and off like a light. I mean, you're going to have to be vigilant, a low-level vigilante, if you will, to keep an eye on what's happening, have that awareness to notice the things that are happening in your life, in your mind, and dedicate yourself to the discipline that's required to really interrogate and then integrate these changes that you want to make. Mm. Yeah. So I want to touch on something there. Okay. Beforehand. This is going to have to be an edit for you. Can you hear this fucking leaf blower or whatever it is in my background? No. I mean, okay. I've, I've right. noticed a couple little things, but like, I mean. Okay, well, I'm just going to run around and shut the doors and the windows because this dude's clearly okay. having a good crack. I'll just tell a story real quick. As we were saying, as Mike Campbell went to close the windows, this is all entirely within your control. Well, Mike's screaming at people. This is like, you can do this shit. If you're listening right now, you can do this shit. You are capable. You are qualified. You're, you're ready. You're enough. Start doing it. Welcome back to the show, Mike Campbell. Okay. I'm back. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I, mean, that's I, I, just, I, just gave the, I just gave them a little pep talk. Exactly what he said. Yeah, it's that. So, because um, you said a word there that, that I feel is really important to touch on because i feel like for a lot of people it has a story attached to it which prevents them doing any of the thing that we just spoke about mm-hmm. and that word was discipline mm. i find a lot of people have a story around discipline that stops them doing anything it stops them being disciplined because they keep telling themselves that they're not disciplined yeah it's like willpower is this thing that we're born with you know some people have and some people don't and no actually it's not it's usually that two things I think very broadly we have a story playing out beliefs about ourselves that prevent us doing the things you know if I if I tell myself that I can't accomplish things that's cock blocking my discipline 
And the other thing is I haven't really tapped into the thing that I want to do or more importantly, why I want to do that thing. You know, so let's use a simple example, like we said before about going to the gym. If I, if I haven't connected to why there's no buy-in and the why isn't, Oh, uh, because I just want to do that thing. It might be, (laughs) but there's potentially something more meaningful. Like I want to improve my fitness. I want to feel fit. I want, to, I want to feel capable and I want to feel proud of myself that I can do that. Okay, now we're talking. Mm. So um, if we say those things and then it's like, oh, yeah, but I'm not the disciplined person, that's how you're identifying. So we, we have to be able to catch those things or we'll just stay in that place. Um, so I kind of talk about it, you know, like we, it's very, I suppose, common and popular thing now, like, you know, to, to um, connect to the why Right, Simon Sinek is kind of you know a big leader in that stuff. Often more in the in the realm of business, but it's clearly very important for us as individuals. And connecting to the why is so important. Like it really is, because it's what would, it's it's why to do the thing, to to be the thing as well. Um, but if we don't connect to the why not, we don't get going. The why not are, are the stories and the fears we have that are preventing us even moving forward. Right, so I can get super clear on where I want to go, but if I haven't connected to the chains that have got me anchored to the ground, I don't go anywhere. So it, it takes that that relationship between those two things to actually get clear and be able to move forward. I think, and for me, that's what brings discipline. It's actually just connecting into um, some purpose, the deeper whys. Yeah, yeah, and again, if if you have a story about discipline. And we're just saying the word. I, I associate that with middle school, the principal's often office, getting punished, etc. If your story oh, yeah, interesting. is that discipline is hard, bad, uh, if it is brutal, if it's ugh, if it's constraining, then you're probably not gonna be drawn to being very disciplined, right? Whereas if you believe that what I've taught myself now is discipline is liberation. Like discipline is freedom. Like Mm. discipline means that I get to create a life where I can do anything that I want any day. Mm. Discipline Mm. means that I get my stuff done faster and faster and faster so that I have Mm. three free hours this evening to do whatever I want. Beautiful. And that's connecting into wider than things, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Structure creates freedom. Structure creates freedom. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. And because I had this conversation with a client of mine recently, it it was actually like we were on a group coaching call and he had this whole thing about, you know, him being disciplined. And, you know, it was essentially like, it's like he needs to be in the military to learn discipline. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Mm, fuck that (laughs) for me personally. But more so, I think you need to explore how you're defining discipline and what we did is we broke down i so i you know i can objectively look at this and go let's have a look at your life you know we explore this thing and 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 it's like okay so remove yourself for a moment and let's say that's all of my stuff would you say i have shown quote-unquote discipline and all those things he's like oh yeah like of course you're disciplined in your life but you've attached some other story to what discipline has to look like or what it means like you are the most motivated, rigid, just gets all the things done individual out there. It's like, no, man, 
discipline is different for you. So I think explore the word, um, the story you have around it, how you define it. Um, and then those other two points, of course. But if that's the thing getting in the way, that's a big block, right? And so the stories that we tell aren't necessarily those big identity things, although they're there too. Mm. But they're also around all sorts of things like that. Oh, I'm not the disciplined person. So there you go. Yeah, and even the, the opposite side of that is for some individuals, the area of work might be the opposite, which is uh, relaxation, mm. rest, right? Mm. They might, you might be so good at discipline and so good at time management and structure that you feel really uncomfortable taking a vacation or not checking your phone or sleeping in or going for a walk, right? And so individually, we all have our own little blind spots or our own little areas to explore and tease out and improve mm -hmm. them. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no one's born the, the complete package and no one gets there. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's, let's drop that expectation for a moment, right? Yeah. If anyone's thinking it. Yeah, we're all a continual work in progress. And the sooner you can be okay with that, I think, oh man, the easier life becomes. Like that's the magic that can happen in an instant. Yeah, like perpetually under repair and yet also a total and complete work of art. Yeah, so okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you something. It's cheesy, but this is one of the things that I speak to, to my guys, um, my students about. Yeah. Is this right here, it's a Rubik's Cube. Right, and so I think this has a few analogies, but the simple one is that there's many combinations to this thing, right? And and Gia can see it right now. It's it's in no way um, I don't know complete, but it doesn't matter what combination it's in. It's still whole. It's still whole. It's a work in progress, and <laughs> it's still a whole thing. It's not less than. It's not anything that that, that requires any kind of judgment. It simply is. It and it's okay. At the same time, it's a challenge, but it's also a game. And I just think that that speaks to life as well. Mm. Yeah, we we don't necessarily have to make it harder. We can make it more fun, and still mm. get a lot mm. of the same results, right? Yeah. Um, hang on, Mike Campbell. Before we yes. depart, I want to know about that top secret thing that you're planning. In <laughs> it's, okay. No longer top secret. Let's tell the world. Tell yeah. The world. So, so um, where do I go with this? So, so I and a good friend of mine, Javon Langford, from um, coming in from LA, we got together and said, "There's there's so much going on with me, and and, and there's actually a lot of stuff. And out here in Australia, there's so much stuff for men. You know, there's things like I do and Beyond the Beers that that you spoke at recently, and all sorts of things. You know, there's things like November and all this stuff." When we look at men's mental health, is a very popular um, topic. But in general, when we look at what's going on with men, we see men leading most shitty statistics. Suicide, violence, addiction, um, loneliness and disconnection, uh, crime, etc. We can keep looking at each of those symptoms individually, or we can gather all the leaders in that space and talk about what sits at the root of all that stuff, a lot of that being identity as men, masculinity, how we're identifying, and therefore how we're showing up in the world, 
and we can bring the leaders together and the men that we serve that we're talking about to create collaborative solutions and actual shifts in the culture. So we've created a national symposium on men's health called Manifest, the Ultimate Men's Health Symposium. It's running in Sydney, November 16 and 17 for the general public. We also have a leaders only forum on the Friday. We're bringing all the leaders to, to basically have some rigorous discussions about what we see as problems and challenges and actual solutions that we can collaborate on. Um, and bring into the community. So I'm super pumped about it. We've got a team of about 14 of us, um, leaders who are kind of working in the space, come together to create and manifest this event. Uh, super pumped about it. It's going to be so exciting. For, for us, there's lots of stuff for men and, and there's, there's, there's a lot of the kind of like traditional men's work stuff, which is the most kind of spiritual side of things, which is phenomenal. But for me, when I look at the bell curve of the kind of men that we're talking about, it's not accessible to a lot of men. It's, 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 a, it's a step too far for a first step. And then we have all the kind of like dry balls, academic, government-based stuff, which is also not for the everyday dude. Um, and then there's smaller things. So for us, it's like it's time to merge all of this stuff together, bring all of the people into the room uh, and actually talk about like what's our next step um, and how do we do that. And that's going to be in Sydney in November. Yeah, Sydney Town Hall. Can women attend? Women can attend. And where do they find more information and buy tickets and all that? You can go to manifestaus.com. Yeah, so women can attend, absolutely. We have all sorts of amazing and really exciting panels and different discussions and stuff, including an all-female panel on the Sunday, middle of the Sunday, I think, which is super exciting. Really, really looking forward to that as well um, because obviously women are part of this conversation. And, and what I'll point out there is this. When I look at a lot of the shit that just isn't going very well in the world, dysfunctional and disconnected men, a few, right, because we're talking about a small part of the population, but disconnected and dysfunctional men sit there. If we are to shift a lot of the shitty things that go on, a lot of the shitty stats, we need to educate, empower, and support men because men have impact in their communities. And if we want to have impact in the communities, we need to be feeding the men to show up differently, more powerfully, so we can be the husband, father, role that we that we are so we can empower and support and celebrate women and children so we can be um who we actually can be i love it i love yeah. it so what about you, what about you where can people find you you mentioned beyond the beers i know you're on instagram i am yeah instagram mike campbell mc you can find me there um like absolutely come and find me there that's where i like to share some of my loving straight talk as i like to call it um but also like i just love hearing from people on there it's so cool right? like, how cool is social media and and when used for good um you can I, you know message me come and interact absolutely you can find me on 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 the line uh, mikecampbell.com.au as well mike campbell fairly common name so i have the dot com.au on the end there 
Um, otherwise, in person, you can find me right now on the Gold Coast of Australia, um, probably sipping a cold brew coffee and chatting with good people and doing some epic shit. Yeah. And Beyond the Beers is a men's thing where you... <laughs> You've mentioned it a few times. Beyond the Beers is... They drag the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. Okay. You got me. Thank you. Beyond the Beers is, you know, a kind of my side project that um, gets to have a lot more love for me as well. But essentially, Beyond the Beers is about bringing men together to take having a beer with mates to new depths and actually talking about the shit that matters. Uh, and so I know that for men to grow and, and, and actually become who they can become, we have to start going below the surface as we discussed. We have to actually talk about the shit that matters and be willing to connect with the dudes that I'm actually connected with beyond, yeah, man, good, yeah, work, and then talk about sport and politics and women and movies and actually talk about the shit that's real. Um, the thing in the way that is usually a story around weakness and all that kind of shit. And so for me, Beyond the Beers is showing me in that, you know what? It's actually not that hard. It's, it's actually really quite easy to go beneath the surface and talk about the shit that matters. Uh, simply, it requires permission and safety. And so Beyond the Beers is about providing the space where it's safe for me to show up and be seen. Of course, we don't ask me to come in and share. You get to come in and watch other men go first. Hey, here's a bit of my shit. Here's some stories. Um, that may be a little bit challenging or some tough stuff that I've been through. And in doing so, men learn or have realizations, ah, oh, huh, that's not that hard. In fact, man, that was fucking pretty ballsy of that dude to share that. And look, I have respect for him now. Like it's about changing that dialogue around, you know, showing up and sharing and being seen and quote unquote vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. So good, man. I just so adore and appreciate the work you're doing. I think it's really powerful. I think you're good at it. It's very overdue. And, um, and yeah, just thanks for all that you're putting out in the world, man. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, brother. Go follow Mike Campbell. He's, uh, he talks funny, but he has a big heart. <laughs> <laughs> Any final words of wisdom? Any, anything you want to say to the person listening right now? Yeah. Whatever the thing is that came up to you as a realization in this and listening to this, go do it, please. And message Mike that you did it. Yeah, Andrea, like tell us both, please. Tag us in something, even if it's a private message, if you haven't got to that point of sharing something publicly. Mm -hmm. Just yet, hint, hint. Um, yeah, please. Because in the sharing story. with us, it's a little bit of selfishness from us. Yeah. But it, all jokes aside, um, writing something down and getting it out of your head makes it a lot more real and forces you to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. I love reading those messages. Oh yeah. Right. So good. I've had a few and they start like, I hate that I found your podcast because it means that I had to do this thing that I didn't want to do. So <laughs> thanks, Jer. <laughs> it's good fun. Um, all right, brother. Thank you again. I appreciate you. And, um, and yeah, talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, brother. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Like, amazing. Isn't it cool that we can have a chat and people listen to it? And, you know, it's the weirdest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hang on. I should stop recording because I always forget to stop recording. But, like, 
at some point in the future, somebody's going to listen, listen to this in the present moment. So like our present now is the past, but it's for there. It's there now. I don't know. It's oh, radical. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> totally right. wrong. Oh, Mike Campbell, you're just the best dude. I love that man. Big heart, huge mind. He's just one of the good ones. I highly encourage you to check him out on Instagram at Mike Campbell MC. And also, if you're in Sydney or you desire to go to Sydney, November 16th and 17th, he is throwing a big men's health symposium called Manifest. You can check that out at manifestaus.com. And yeah, just continue kicking ass, really. That's all I want for you. That's all I hope for you. If there is somebody in your life that you think could benefit from this podcast, please do share it. And if you'd like to give me a five-star review, I would be your very best friend. And if we ever meet one day, I will give you a big high five and or a hug if you are so inclined. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for existing. The world is better with you in it.